Today's guest is so exciting. She calls herself a kind rebel. I love it. She loves challenging the status quo, disrupting unsustainable practices, and helping others make a real difference in the world, all while being kind and leading from the heart. She turned her passion for design and sustainable living into a design studio called Kind and Ivy. Isn't that a lovely name? It's become a mission to help small business owners on their journey towards making a positive impact in the world. And she's helped so many brands in the lifestyle, fashion, beauty, and wellness industries turn their business dreams into reality through brand identity and packaging design, which is so essential. I'm excited to give a very warm welcome to Denisa Parker of Kind and Ivy. You're listening to the Half Hippie Podcast with Tara Milo. I'm a half hippie, half princess, cat mom, city girl, introvert, and entrepreneur. I don't fit into a box, and you don't either, but I'm committed to making the world a better place through my lifestyle and my business. I love talking about sustainability because I know that you can make a positive difference without giving up the things you love. Here on the Half Hippie Podcast, we're talking about sustainability and entrepreneurship. We'll share stories about what makes us all half hippie and what our other half does to make a positive impact in the world. Let's go. Yeah, so uh, my name is Denisa, and I'm so happy to be here and get to chat to you today. Um, I am the founder of Kind and Ivy, and we're a sustainable branding and packaging design studio. Um, so we mainly work with, um, I like to say brands that care about people and the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, so we help um, these businesses make a, I like to say, make a big impact with their audience and a small impact on the planet. Yes. Um, yeah, we help them scale their business, really. Um, but also we're really conscious of the impact that they have on the environment, especially since we do a lot of packaging design as well. Right. So you're with like physical products that have packaging. How, first of all, where are you from? Um, I grew up in Eastern Europe and then I've moved to the UK 10 years ago now. Um, If it was like a very long time ago. Um, So I'm fully settled in the, in the UK now. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, How did you come up with the business concept? Yeah, so it's kind of a a long story, really. Um, I've always been really creative growing up, um, and I've kind of dabbled in a lot of different ways to express my creativity. And my educational background is actually in environmental science. Um, It's not in design specifically. Um, So when I finished my master's um, in environmental science, I'd learned, um, I was learning a lot about that's when I discovered the zero waste movement living in like tiny homes and just you know there's so many things when you start to discover one thing you kind of branch out yeah exactly (laughs) about all these other kind of relevant things to living more consciously and more sustainably yeah so I kind of had this urge to combine these two sides of me to being really creative but also being very like eco-conscious I started taking a lot of design courses, um, branding courses, started reading lots of books. Um, I love reading, so that was one of the best ways for me to learn. Yeah. Um, and I was lucky enough that some of my work coworkers and some of my friends were business owners. 
um, you know, they had their own like side hustles, side businesses. Um, right. So I got to do some of that. Um, some of the labels I designed then, they're still like on the shelves now in like, you know, local shops. So it's oh, really cool God. to see. Yeah. yeah, it's really cool to see. And that was kind of a nice, you know, boost of confidence for me that, oh, I can actually do this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I eventually quit, um, quit that job. And then um, I was freelancing for a little while before I realized I can actually make more of an impact and help businesses more as a studio rather than as a freelancer. Okay. Um, because I do have big plans for the studio as well to, you know, hire a sustainability consultant in a while and kind of really grow it into something more than it is currently. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how Kind and Ivy was born, really. So it's coming up to a year yeah. <laughs> of doing it as a, as a proper studio, as it were. That's so cool. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. So it does feel like sustainability has just started to become top of mind for a lot of brands. But even in 2017, people were thinking about it. And some of the more like the smaller producers were being more conscious of it. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I think I caught it at that time when it was becoming more mm -hmm. kind of cool and interesting. Yeah. Again, as I said, with the zero waste movement with Bea Johnson and everyone. Yeah, um, it was cool to, you know, to have your trash in a little jar. <laughs> um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> being zero waste is not without its flaws in a way it's not a perfect system but yeah. um it caught a lot of people's attention including my attention and then you know from that I got to learn more about it and how to actually be more eco-conscious and more sustainable but I did like that you know that was such a popular thing then um yeah. be because again you know it caught people's eye and then people became more conscious of it right so now people are becoming you know more and more people and businesses and, you know, consumers uh, are becoming more aware of the, the changes that need to be made, really. Yeah. Do you find the consumers are kind of pushing for this change or are the businesses doing it on their own? I think it's the consumers, really. Yeah. At least that's my, that's how I see it, is that yeah. consumers are demanding more and more, um, especially you know, I, as a consumer myself, I'm a consumer of a lot of um, the brands that we work with in a way. Yeah. Um, I'm a consumer of sustainable beauty brands of, you know, sustainable yeah. coffee and things like that. So I am kind of one of the <laughs> consumers um, yeah. and I'm sort of part of that world as it were. And I do see it that people do demand better of the brands that, you know, they spend their money on because, yeah you know, we want to spend money on businesses or products that make us feel good. We, yep. you know, we have hard earned money, <laughs> especially yeah. now in the last year, it's, you know, getting yeah. harder. So we want to spend our money with businesses that we care about or that care about us. Yeah. And care yeah, about, exactly. the, yeah, and care about the things we care about. So, you know, I know not everyone is the same, but I think a lot of people, especially in my generation as, you know, as millennials, that we spend money with brands that have the same values as we do. I know I do yep. as often as possible. I'm not perfect, but yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I did read that. I think it's 73% of millennials will only spend their money on brands that they care about. Like they, they're really, really looking for businesses to be more conscious of 
people and the planet of sustainability, the whole thing. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I am a believer in buying less but buying better. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yep. So instead of buying two pairs of shoes, you know, at the X price, I would rather pay twice the amount, um, but p- buy one pair of shoes. Yeah, so, you know, I spend the same amount of money on one pair of shoes, but I know they're made well, they're made sustainably. The workers that made it were paid fairly. Yes. Um, yeah. And I, I, I see that a lot with people that I talk to um, and with people online in these, you know, little communities that I'm part of where people are starting to care about that more. Yeah. Um, and it is more expensive, you know, something that's made ethically and it's made sustainably inevitably costs more. And that's just the reality of it, that it, it does cost more. Um, but people are willing to, to pay that, even if it costs more, especially when you think, well, I'll just buy, if I can't afford to literally spend twice, then I'll buy less. But at least I know I'm making a conscious effort. Yep. And let's talk about why it costs more. It's a lot of times because workers aren't normally paid fairly. So if something costs more, it's because the workers who are making your stuff that's in your life, they get to earn a living wage. And that's so important for all of us, like for the quality of the thing you make, but also just for the quality of life of other people. Yeah, absolutely. It takes, you know, to make a a garment, to sew a garment, Mm -hmm. just as an example, to sew it well, you know, it takes time rather than hurrying to make, meet that quota of, oh, you have to sew 50 t-shirts in a day, an hour. I don't, I don't I really know, know yeah, <laughs> what the quotas know. are. So, and then, you know, you have to think of transportation costs as well. And yeah. um, so these costs do add up, but I think yeah. they are worth it because if someone has to pay the price, right? That's how I see it. Yeah. And I think this is a concept um, not necessarily concept, but the first time I read it, I think it was in Mary Portis's book. She's um, she's quite famous in the UK. Um, she's a retail expert, and um, she's published this book on like the kindness economy, being kinder on people and planet as yeah. a business. Um, and she mentioned in that book that um, someone does have to, someone pays the price, whether yep. it's the business and their manufacturers or the planet. Mm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, someone, yeah, does have to to pay it in some way, whether it's monetary or not. Exactly. Yeah, and I know that is one of the criticisms of sustainability that it costs more. But the it's not just because sustainability people are greedy. It's because the people who make your stuff are getting paid better, and it's better quality. And like you said, it's mindful of shipping and production in the whole supply chain. So it makes sense that it would cost more. Yeah. But you don't have yeah. to buy as much. You can buy better and it's a better quality. Exactly. And I mm. think this is a sort of mindset shift that I've taken lately is yeah. it's not that it costs more. It, that's what it Ah, does right. cost that's what yeah. it should cost um if I'm explaining it well I feel like that's yeah. you know when I look at a, a t-shirt and it's 20 pounds just as an example right yeah I feel like that's what it should cost that's what it feels right for the amount of work that goes into it exactly on all, you know on all parties I feel like that's that's a fair amount that it yeah. should cost and we've just in the last decade or so we've 
you know, we've seen all these really cheap prices in um, these pound shops. Um, I'm sure they're, you know, similar ones in the in all over the yeah. US and all over Europe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the dollar and, store, the euro yeah, exactly. store. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, with Amazon that they do really fast shipping and really yeah. cheap prices because they're massive. So they can afford to, well, they can afford in quotes, <laughs> right, right, <laughs> um, to do it cheaply. Um, and so we've kind of been, you know, conditioned to think that that's the normal price. When yeah. in reality, it's not really. I feel like the sustainable and ethical price—that's what it—that's what it should be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So on the one hand, those bigger stores like like Amazon, Walmart, those guys—they can afford to be cheaper because they're mass producing things and they can still influence sustainability in a positive way. But let's talk about the smaller companies and why those brands are so impactful in sustainability. Yeah, I think if anything, I think they are more important because Mm -hmm. they are smaller. Mm -hmm. They, I feel like they can make better connections with their audience. Yeah. And they can have those closer relationships with the the people that buy from them and they can influence that, Um, you know, they can influence their community and their local economy in a a positive way Mm. more than bigger brands do because the bigger, that's what I've seen in, you know, since I've been designing is that bigger brands tend to kind of lose that personal touch with their audience. Um, So as a smaller business, you have, a lot more power Um, and I do feel like small businesses are very powerful because they can drive quite a lot of change and influence yeah that's so true and I do marketing strategy for companies and that's something that I'm talking a lot to companies about is that people want personal attention they want that connection that personal touch that you don't get when you go to the big store or shop on Amazon or something like that oh I love your bottle I have the same one (laughs) Thank you. It's very handy because it keeps everything really cool. Exactly. Um, yes. Yeah. Plus, you know, when you're out and about, you don't have to worry about buying plastic bottles. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's pretty. It's a pretty color. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like I'm, you know, very mainstream with my first few sustainable swaps were my water bottle and my coffee cup. Yeah. Because that's, you know, and I... I like to drink coffee. Um, it's an unsustainable habit that, <laughs> that I have. Um, <laughs> yeah, I do, yeah. um, you know, I make the best choices that I can with what I have available. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's so important. Um, you know, what you say is not giving up the things you love in life while still living sustainably. Um, yeah. The so, half hippie yeah. way, like still exactly. drink your coffee, but get it from a, a place that you believe in. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Go for um local businesses or go for businesses that um actually my partner um he was looking at trying a new coffee place and he found this uh business that really supports the indigenous communities where this coffee is made from and harvested from and again that is reflected in the price it's Mm -hmm. definitely more expensive than what you can get in the supermarket but um a lot of the times this reflects in the quality as well including with coffee. So, you know, instead of drinking, 
you know, three cups of coffee a day, maybe drink one, but drink better quality coffee. Yeah. And those are good for swaps, like to observe your behavior and see what's your favorite thing or what's something you do most often and how can you elevate that? How can you upgrade that to be something a little bit better that you feel more ethical, more sustainable about? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I think that applies to businesses as well. Yep. Um, you know, as a business, have a look at the things you do most often, or if you're like a product-based business, you know, what what products do you sell most often and have a look at how you can make that more eco-friendly, more right. sustainable. Because there's so many, you know, how to make a business sustainable, there's hundreds of ways. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so just you know, kind of starting small with that and looking at the things that can have the biggest impact or, you know, look into, look in your bin and see what you throw away the most. (laughs) Yep. Yep. For sure. Yeah. Is it shipping labels? Is it containers? Is it, you know, is it that bottle that your, one of your ingredients comes in and kind of looking at that and trying to, to make that a more conscious choice first. And I love it that you encourage them to look at the thing that's selling the most or the most popular item, because that's the one that can scale so that they can produce it for nearly the same, probably a little bit more expensive if they're going for higher quality or better packaging or something like that. But when you scale something and buy a larger amount, the price often goes down. So it's good to start with the the most popular thing and test that with your audience rather than testing the smallest thing. And then you go, ah, nobody cared but it's not the most popular thing. So let's start with the, the most popular. Yeah. Yeah. Does that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, it does make sense in that. Yeah. You're, you're perfectly right with that. Customers don't mind, you know, that 73% you mentioned earlier, they don't mind paying a little bit extra if it's conscious, if it's kind to people, to the planet. Yeah. Um, I know I don't mind paying extra because I know it does a good thing. How can we make people more aware of the impact of their purchases, do you think? As a business, I think just sim- I think talking about it mm. um is it's a simple it's a simple way, you know, but but just talking about it. Um I'm a big advocate in talking about your business values, your mission, the good things you do in your business. Just talk about them often. Um yeah. Yeah. In email and social media, where just you know talk about them yeah. um, all the time. Share with people what's going on. If you have sustainability initiatives, tell them what you want to do, what you're aiming for, what you're working for. Or if there's something that's not quite where you want it to be, I think even that is so because it comes from a place of transparency yep. and honesty. Customers and consumers see that and appreciate that. Yeah. Right, they're not they're not perfect, they're not a hundred percent, and a lot of brands really aren't, but they're trying. And yeah. you know, I'm gonna watch this business, and as soon as they do switch to this compostable packaging, yeah. you know, I'm gonna support them and buy from them. Um, so just being open with them and keep them, I like to say, keep them in the loop. <laughs> yep, yep, exactly. Um, you know, and when you do make that switch to a compostable packaging or to cardboard boxes or to whatever it is, mm. let them know because they love to see that and they love to support brands that do these things. I think a, a lot of brands are afraid of being accused of greenwashing, but talking about it, like you just said, and saying, hey, we're not perfect yet, but we're starting with this and we're testing it and we're 
transitioning to meet your needs and to do better for the people and the planet. I think that's so important. And that's how you get over the accusation of greenwashing is just to say, hey, we can't do it across the whole product line, but we're starting here. We're doing better, you know, like being honest and transparent is a good move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's one of my biggest greenwashing has a lot of problems, obviously. But one of the things you can spot is, you know, they have the claims, but you can't find anything surrounding yeah. the claims. Um, you know, they say eco or right. natural, but then they, you ha- they don't explain what natural means. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But when you talk about it and you say we are natural and here's why and this is what we mean by natural. Yep. Um, it's so important. It's just, you know, sustainable as a word, it has, it can have so many meanings and, and it means so many things, even with my own clients, sustainable as a word means so many different things. Mm-hmm. So it's important to talk and kind of give your definition of what natural, sustainable, equal means. Yeah. And that kind of is a good way to, uh, you know, avoid people thinking, oh, you're greenwashing. Let's talk about packaging for a minute because you do work with packaging, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What what should people be looking for in packaging? Like what have you found to be the best, most sustainable? Oh, it's a good question because I don't think there is a most sustainable. Okay. Again, sustainable is not black and white at all. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like there isn't the most sustainable something because mm. there's so many factors that go into what makes a product sustainable and circular, right? Yeah. Again, as we were saying, many different definitions. For example, I've seen a study where um, they were studying the difference between glass and plastic for their packaging. And they found, yes, the glass is recyclable, but it's heavy. So it contributes more to emissions and, you know, the, the transportation waste, but then maybe plastic is better in that case. So like, yeah, what can we look for in terms of packaging? It it varies. It depends on where where you're located in the world as well, or mm-hmm. where you ship most of your products to as well, and what kind of products you have, yeah. because you want them to be protected as well. It's really not a straightforward answer, unfortunately. Yeah. I wish yeah. it were, because that would be really easy. We can just say this is it, this is what you should do. Yeah. But it depends a lot. And it depends on sometimes paper can be a better option because it is more lightweight than glass. Yeah. But obviously that depends. If you sell candles, then, you know, paper is probably not ideal. But you <laughs> right. can look at something like a metal tin, like the one I have here. It's a candle, yeah. but it's in a metal tin. And that's this is a bit more lightweight than glass is. And the tin, they, it can either be recycled or it can be reused, like upcycled. Right. You know, you can tell your customers, you can use that to keep your um, SD cards in <laughs> or your makeup brushes in. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it depends a lot on, there are certain materials that are um, very sustainable, mm-hmm. but they're they're made in... Um, African countries or they're made in New Zealand but if you live all the way across in the UK something that's very sustainable but made in New Zealand yeah might not be the best option so look for (laughs) something more local Um, again a good tip I like to give is look for local businesses um, that do there's local printers that do amazing jobs at and because they are local they're probably a bit cheaper um, and you cut on um, emission you know emission costs on 
and transportation costs as well, because you can go pick it up. It doesn't cost a fortune to ship from New Zealand, for example. Yeah. Um, so there are a lot of factors that go into what makes it sustainable and what the best, most sustainable option is. It's not black and white. It's complicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you yeah. for that answer. I think that's really honest and clear that, yeah, we just have to do our best. But local is usually a really good option. And then the money stays in your community, which is better for everybody. Exactly. I'm a big supporter of um, supporting local businesses. Why do you think sustainability is the future for brands? I think the biggest reason is um, because consumers demand it now. Mm. Um, They demand it more and more. Um, So as a business, if you don't start to shift, you know, you're not necessarily start to shift, but if you don't start to make these very necessary changes towards a more circular economy or towards sustainability, um, it, you're not, you know, businesses aren't going to last for very long if they don't make these changes because, you know, a, a consumer, they have op- they're starting to have options now, right? Yep. So if they can choose between a sustainable and a non-sustainable business, even if the sustainable one costs a bit more, we've mm-hmm. seen that people are happy to pay that. Yep. So I think one of the biggest reasons um, is to, because of, you know, because your consumers demand it. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, what we all know is that we're drowning in plastic and, you know, yes. we're melting and the planet is burning up and melting. The biggest, yeah. the big reasons. But also it's because, you you know, in realistic terms, you're, you're, if your consumers aren't going to buy for, from you, you're not going to have a business. Yep. So if yep. your consumers want sustainability and inclusivity and for you to be open and more ethical with everything you do, then you're going to have to do it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yep. It's so true. So I'm going to ask you the three things that I ask everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've enjoyed this conversation so much. Thank you. So I'm curious, what frustrates you about the sustainability movement? There are a lot of things. (laughs) Um, Some days more than others. One thing that I wish, I'll just say what I wish brands did more, sustainable brands did more, just because I like to look at the positive things and put a positive spin on things. Okay. So I'll say what I wish they did more rather than what they don't do. Okay, good. <laughs> um, I wish they talk about their values and their mission and yeah. their initiatives a lot more mm. and share a lot more and be more transparent. Yep. Um, because... Business values, again, are important. As, as we've mentioned, people buy from brands that share their values. So yeah. if they don't know what your business values is, they're not probably not going to buy from you or interact with you as a business. Yeah. Talk about your mission um, and purpose as a business other than making money. Because I'm sure, I mean, <laughs> yes, making money is, <laughs> is a purpose, obviously. Yeah. But, you know, People need more than that, you know. Consumers yeah. need more than that. They they want to know why they should buy from you, other than because they need this candle. Uh, what's it gonna do for them? So talk about that and talk about you know how is your business sustainable, and in what ways? Um, as you know, we've mentioned it avoids people thinking you're greenwashing, and it mm-hmm. builds that kind. Of, it really builds this trust between you and your customers because you you 
are open and you're transparent and you're being real with what's going on in your business and people like to see kind of the behind the scenes (laughs) they do yes it's so true I've noticed that a lot of uh, customers they like to kind of be included in a business and so it's one of the things that I like to kind of the you know little extra nuggets that I like to give my clients um, is ways for um, them as a business to interact more with the customers which people really love to do is even things like when you have a new product or a new collection coming up ask them what product they want to see or ask them for help on naming that product oh yeah it's you know it's a relatively simple thing it's not anything revolutionary brands have done this before right but it's such a way to drive that engagement and to drive people to connect with your business a lot more yep and to pay attention to your business so that's kind of one thing I wish was different about this um you know about the whole sustainability in industries people being more open about what they do as a business and where they're going as a business. What's something that you wished you were doing better? That is a very good question. I'm sure there are things. Being a bit more maybe understanding, I guess, um, of business owners out there, because I know a lot of them are trying their best. I'm a bit, I like to call myself uh, like a kind rebel where you know I'm that kind of counterculture (laughs) where I like to go against the grain and be um, critical I think critical is a bit of a it's not um it's a bit of an exaggeration but you know um when a brand says oh we're sustainable I'm like "Mm, are you let's see how (laughs) but yeah what makes you sustainable in a way (laughs) and I feel like I wish I were a bit less of that and give some brands the benefit the benefit of the doubt, I suppose, or be more, but they're doing the best with what they can. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So it's more of a mindset thing. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Are you optimistic about the future of sustainability and the planet and all of this? Yeah, I th- I think I am. Um, some days it's a mm-hmm. bit hard to be, especially when you know when you see news, it, it can be a bit kind of hard and you know that eco anxiety yeah comes up yeah. a lot but then I see a lot of businesses that do good and businesses you know like yours like this podcast for example that helps mm. spread the word about sustainability and why it's important yeah how you can be more conscious and more sustainable and you know making it easier for you to understand the world of sustainability so I you know see all these businesses and it kind of brings me back and it kind of tones down that um and yeah brings some of the optimism back because there are a lot of businesses that do good out there and they're trying to do good and inspire others to do good as well yeah it's true and I believe businesses can have a bigger impact than government like I'm not relying on the government to do anything because they're not, you know, but businesses are yeah. able to, to really make an impact and they're doing it because they care. And also because their customers care. So yeah, I agree yeah. with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Plus I think if businesses kind of put their forces together, they can also pressure government to make changes. Yep. Maybe yep. that's a bit wishful thinking, but yeah, I think small businesses especially but businesses definitely have a lot more power than they can 
they, they give themselves credit for sometimes. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Okay, let's wrap it up. Oh, do you have any questions for me? Uh, yeah, I wanted to ask you what you uh, think should be a bit different about the sustainability industry. Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. I think similar to you, it's in communicating the message and saying, we're not perfect yet, but we're trying. Here are the things we're doing and just talking about it more. Because I find so many companies that are doing really, really good work, but they're so afraid to talk about it because they're afraid they'll be accused of greenwashing and they don't do anything or they don't think people care. And I think businesses and companies are doing a lot better than people realize. Like, I think they're making really big progress and people are still like, nope, businesses aren't doing any good. And that's because they're not telling their story. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I think, yeah, something as well is that I've noticed, especially with my clients is they say, oh yeah, we've mentioned our, you know, or messaging, we mentioned our values on our website once, or, you know, we did this once, you know, we've already done it. Uh But I like to say to them, just keep doing it. Yeah, you have to repeat yourself. Yes, I've seen some, and I've seen it in many places where um, someone has to see the same thing seven times before they buy into it. I think that's a statistic. Yeah, that's Um, true. Yeah. So, you know, talk about your values. And also, especially, you know, if you're going to talk about them on your email or on social media or wherever you are, chances are that your subscribers, not all of your subscribers or your followers are going to see that at once. So repeating it kind of makes it easier for people to see it because they've probably missed it at least once. (laughs) Exactly. So, you know, and repeating it really doesn't cause any harm. If anything, it reinforces it in the minds of your audience. Yeah. No one will get offended if you tell them how hard you're trying. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If anything, and if anything, they'll see the same message over and over again. And then they'll be like, oh, okay. You know, she's not, she's sending the same message over and over again. So it must be true to that. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. Well, thank you so much. This has been so fun and really enlightening. I love your perspective shift around the cost of things, like the true cost of what we're buying and the impact that small businesses and brands can have on sustainability. I love it. Thank you for doing this work. Yeah, thank you. It was such a lovely conversation. That conversation definitely inspired me to seek out some local businesses to support. And just the impact that design can have and product design and packaging and stuff like that. That was such a cool conversation. So I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Thank you so much for listening and check us out on Instagram at Half Hippie Podcast. And I'll see you in the next episode.